Yo! Hey everyone, this is the Get Hyperion Collection, the movie review podcast for movie lovers, Doobie Brothers, and for this episode, Mario Brothers. We're going to be talking about the uh, Happy Madison film, Grandma's Boy. I think I said that, but funny word for Grandma's Boy, as well as a couple <laughs> of a bunch of stoned video game testers. Before yeah. we turn to that, uh, my name is Tommy. And, and my name is Fumar. And yeah, yeah, this film was set in 2006. I was going to talk about some stuff first. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to get into it straight away because you had a little long gap. You've had like, I think a bit over a month since the last one, like some stuff. Yeah, man. Stuff happened. Yeah, sorry for the waiting, man. Are you Ben? You good now? Yeah, good, man. Excellent. Uh, yeah, I've been fine. I've been like uh, not getting into too much, but like it seems like things are already like going to shit. Now they're getting like uh, even just more and more things just keep coming out. Like fucking twenty twenty. I hear Kanye's running for president now. Yeah. That motherfucker, and then um, it's but it's also it's also like you know fucking why not? <laughs> like, like there's no reason not to at this point if you got the money. Yeah, and of course, uh, Black Lives Matter. I was like thinking of doing like a mini episode because like a lot of these uh films they deal with the police. I mean, the very first episode deals with like race and police yeah. discrimination. And, um, but this grandma's boy, uh, doesn't really come up <laughs> we, uh, for the second time in a row, we picked a, uh, mainly like white cast for uh, a story. Mm-hmm. We'll rectify that soon, like, there are things we can bring in. But, um, yeah, so, grandma, grandma's boy, I just want to talk about this, like you said, came out in 2006. We've, yeah. um, it stars... Alan Covert and Nick Swartzen. It also stars the woman from Everybody Loves Raymond. Yes. And also, um, I want to make sure I get this name right, Linda Cardellini, who are from Freaks and Geeks, Seth Rogen from Pineapple Express, and Jim, James yeah. Franco, also from the show Freaks and Geeks. Great show. I've been James Franco's in it. Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. I- I, I know he's in Spring Breakers or whatever that film is called. Freaks and Geeks, like I've said this before, it's a TV show, not a film. Okay, cool. Yeah, Alan Covert, I think this is the only film he's like really like starred in as the lead. He's part of like, this is a Happy Madison, like Adam Sandler. Also, Kevin Nash is in, also the, um, also Kevin Nash is in this film as well. Yeah, I was super shocked about like, uh, <laughs> I was like kind of like ambivalent going in, but the minute I saw Kevin Nash, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna give this a chance. I'm not like the biggest like Happy Madison like Adam Sandler film guy. I like a few. Yeah. Um, I like Little Nicky is one of my favorites. And okay. Peter Dante, who plays the dealer in this, and Alan Covert, they like play like Little Nicky's friends. So I was already kind of like predisposed to like, and I kind of like Nick Swartz. And Nick Swartz, and he's awesome in Reno 911, if you've ever seen that. Yeah, I've seen Reno 911, but that was years ago, man. Oops, this movie's years ago. <laughs> well, yeah, this is before Reno 911. Yeah, 
Uh, what, what do you think about uh, the Happy Madison? What do you think of the Sandman? Um, Happy Madison, because it was executively produced by Adam Sandler himself. It's from a studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, what do you think of the, uh, the stuff Adam Sandler puts out? Um, it's okay. I'm not gonna lie. I've seen a few of the films. I can't remember off my heart what the films are called, but they've been okay. What so did, what yeah. What do you think of this? I thought this was quite good and it was quite funny as well. Yeah, you know what? I think the secret to a good Adam Sandler film has to have a wrestler in. Because also like Waterboy and that's got Andre the Giant in it. This has got Kevin Nash in it. Maybe that's, no, not Andre the Giant, but uh, Big Show. It's got Big Show in it. Oh uh, yeah, okay. And also the guys in, uh, that was in Waterboy, he plays the landlord in this film. Yeah, and he, yeah, there's um, a lot of crossover. Are you talking about like Rob Schneider? That's it, that's Rob his Schneider. name. Well, I was trying to think of it from the top of my head. I was thinking, always. Everything, like everything yeah. Adam Sandler film, like they're like best buds. This, the whole thing about Happy Madison <laughs> is he gets like the same crew, like these are like all the same extras and stuff. Like, yeah. And David Spade is one of his films. Like you see him in like a He does, um, yeah, he's in it as well. Yeah. yeah. I want to like just quickly bring up like Rotten Tomatoes, Grandma's Boy, critics consensus. Critics, 16% out of 63 reviews. Audience score, 85%. That's like a massive gap. And also, um, we accidentally called uh, Pineapple Express, we accidentally called that a cult classic. It's not, because it actually did like amazingly at the box office. I think it did 101 million worldwide off of a 27 million budget. Cool. This movie, I'm trying to, I'm gonna bring that up now. The budget is 5 million for comparison. Yeah. That's okay. And it got, a little over three million in its opening weekend. Wow, okay. And it kind of made, it kind of made its money back like just a little over worldwide. But then here's what makes it proper it's like a cult classic is it made all of its movies, all of its movie sales mainly on home video. Like over 31 million in DVD sales. Mm -hmm. So that, that's like a proper cult classic, like at the time, dead in the water, no one really wanted to see it. And now like, I've had this movie recommended to me, like just friends, they say like grandma's boy, like uh, got friends, they like many American friends. Like they said, when are you gonna like, look at this film, when are you gonna do it? So I'm doing it now, I'm doing it now. What yeah, I watched it, I watched it, what are? Saying you're like, you're ready to get into it, then get into that like, grandma's I'm ready to get into it, man. I'm re ready to go balls deep. But hey, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what happens. That's because uh, Happy Madison's got into your mind, you think? <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna say much, but um, yeah, um, shall we stop? Yeah, just like just go into the plot summary. It's basically about a guy called Alec, Alex, yeah who um, works as a video games tester mm -hmm. and he, at the start, 
So basically, at the start, they're at his house with his flatmate, who's supposed to pay the rent, but he keeps on spending it on Filipino hookers. Yeah. And there's a, and the bailiffs are there to take everything. And the landlord, which is Rob Snyder, and you've got to bear in mind, all one of the guys that are bailiffs, that is one of the bailiffs, is Kevin Nash. If you know your rest, I just want to say, like, for our American friends, when uh, Omar says bailiff, that's like just like a repo man. Yeah, exactly, repo man. Because like, oh. <laughs> so um, there's a bit where um, he, uh, I think it's Kevin Nash or one of them. He goes, "Oh yeah, we've got a word for it, and it's called a hooker." He's like, "No, you're a hooker." Oh, because he's always gone on about the massage therapist. He's been like very like a. Yeah, these like the first like first jokes like the massage therapist. Yeah, the massage your cock. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty funny. And uh, what I find interesting about this, like, one, they set up this friend at the beginning, played by Jonathan. Uh, I want to say Lochran, <laughs> probably not pronounced that way. He's a uh, he's great and little Nicky, but he like never comes up again. So the way that Alex operates, he's kind of like chill about everything. Like he takes this like well in his stride, the whole thing. He's like gets a little angry, but also he's kind of got his boundaries. Like he said, okay, well I'm not going to see you for a while, and that character's kind of like risked off for the rest of the thing. It's all perfect, and he goes around looking for somewhere else to work. What are you drinking there? I'm just drinking water. Yeah, same. Got a mug saying the boss. So. Okay, you Sasha Banks now? Eh? Yeah, that, that's me. <laughs> so, um, Karen, on, he like goes to other places to stay, tries to live with her. So basically, he goes to Dante's house. Dante and played by Peter Dante. I think every character he plays in the Happy Madison production is called either Peter or Dante or some variation of it. Yeah, I've seen him in a few films as well. Like, I was thinking, I'm, I recognize that guy, man. And he he's opens the door and he's like. Voice. He opens the door and he's got the Christmas tree like still up and he's butt naked and it's July and like uh, they go into the house and that uh, and obviously Alex funny guys he can like do pretty much anything <laughs> yeah and like um, so basically um, what is it um, they chill he smokes some weed and that and he leaves. Because Dante can't have him there because Dante is looking to get a lion. Lion, lion, fuck you up. He's <laughs> looking to buy a lion, isn't it? He's looking to get a lion. That's why he can't yeah. have Alex there, Alex to crash at his house. Yeah, it's funny because like he, he keeps like setting up like, okay, now he's gonna live with this person, right? No. Nope. Yeah. So he goes to Jeff's house in the night, yeah, Jeff and is Jeff. Like, I guess his best friend, who's also like a yeah, big one game of, tester. Yeah, he's another game tester, and he's also like a big kid. So that he's Pretty like, oh, yeah. When he he's like, oh, the door in the one thing. <laughs> he's like, Alice is like, are you sure? He's like, yes, yes, just come in, just like, oh, you can't wait, my roommates. And he goes, oh, your parents. And he's like, just come in. And he goes upstairs and that, or whatever. And like his room is literally like a little kid's room where he ain't got a bed, it's a car, and Alex has to sleep on the floor. It's <laughs> and, uh, key disturbing. 
It is really weird. Like uh, of all like the cases of Arrested Development I've seen in Sony uh, films, I think that is like legitimately like one of the worst ones. <laughs> and it's funny, like because he keeps trying to play it cool. Mm. So. Um, and um, there's the bit. Um, there's a part where um, Alex goes into the Twitter. And he starts wanking, fapping off to the doll. It's a Lara Croft doll. I don't know what a doll it is, but it's, it's something. It's Lara Croft. They know the references, they know the shit in this. That sort of thing, like, it's pretty much like, it tries to, like, immerse itself as much as possible in, like, video game culture as yeah. possible. Yeah. And you really get into that once you get to the offices and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, um, he, you know, it's a classic, like, uh, what, what you're saying is, like, basically the classic, like, embarrassing, like, a uh, gross-out comedy, like, uh, thing. <laughs> and then, uh, then Jeff's mum comes into the toilet and... Always lock your doors, Alex, people. Huh? Always lock your doors if you're going to do that. Exactly. Even because you never know who's going to come if it's in. not your place. Exactly. <laughs> and she comes in... And he comes on a, so he leaves. <laughs> yeah, it's basically, and he's. I don't usually tell you that. Like that's not. You don't want to do that. You don't want to be like. A, it's it's you know extremely rude house guest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? I really did find that funny, and it like, funny. <laughs> it is so funny. Like it's so obscene, but it's so funny at the, at the end, at the end of it, you know. And like he goes to the office to sleep on his desk and that, and he gets woken up by this uh lady called Samantha, who's going to be overseeing the game, the levels and that. Well, yeah, she's like kind of like the project supervisor. That's it. Really. Actually, um, I can't quite remember the order, but like, uh, eventually, like he does like move into the grandma's house. No, I think he like goes. I remember like what order is, but he eventually like he ends up going to like see stay at his grandma's house. Yeah, and that's after. Interest. Oh, okay, it's after. That's after. That's after. Yeah. That's like after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing like interesting about that bit though, him staying at his grandma, is he talks. Oh, here's why I'm confused. After he meets, she gets introduced at a wedding. Or something, and then oh, that's another thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. He goes to his cousin's wedding. His cousin's wedding. He meets his grandmother, and he's got like a pretty like good relationship with her. Yeah, like that's why I found it interesting. He doesn't like, he doesn't like kind of like grow and like oh, this is my grandma. She's like cool and does like cool wacky things like she does in the film, and she's got value. Like he already likes his grandma. <laughs> But, yeah, um, so the grandma is so the grandma is played by Doris Roberts, who's also in Everybody Loves Raymond as the mother. Yeah, you've, you've been like uh, hyped about this for some reason. I never really watched Everybody Loves Raymond, but uh, you know what? Like, she gives me so much jokes, man. I, I, I love Everybody Loves Raymond, I used to watch it all the time. <laughs> so yeah, it's one of them things, you know what I mean? Like she's in this film and she's like 
So basically, there's a part in the film which cracks me up, where he. So basically, so what happens is she introduces Alex to two of her flatmates, the housemates. Yeah. One of them is called B. The other one is called Grace. Grace. Yeah. And so basically, so basically, he goes to sleep and he thinks. So basically, they had um. So they had um the a flatmate Sophie, Sophie, but yeah, she died in her bedroom, yeah. in the spare room. He's mm -hmm. he's staying at Sophie's spare in Sophie's spare room, and like his grandma says, oh, she fell out of her bed and then fell on the floor. Yeah, so he slept in the bed, thinking the spirit of Sophie's talking to him while he's trying to get to sleep. What in the middle of the night, I mean, and then his mum's his, his grandma scares him. Yeah, by doing like a, a ghost voice. Yeah. And I think that's funny because it kind of like establishes her as like a cool person. Like of all the things, like she doesn't like grow to become a cool person. He d doesn't like grow to like uh, accept and like her because he's like pretty like despite how like slightly embarrassing the situation is, he like likes living with his grandma, except he's got to do chores, but he gets like free food all the time, so it's pretty stoked. And none of the characters yeah. really change, but they're also just kind of like just kind of like nice and like <laughs> treat each other like well <laughs> with some exceptions. Yeah. So he wakes up early. Good to see like So he wakes up yeah. So he wakes up early due to the fact that he hasn't had much sleep and uh, the clock, the clock yeah. starts going dong, dong, dong. Yeah. And he can't get it to fit, like, stop, like, you know, Yeah, working. he's waking up early by the clock and he also has got, like, chores and stuff to do. Like, um, and that's, like, the first, like, I can't remember how far in this is, but that's, like, the only, like, mild conflict is, they like uh, give him like loads of chores to do before he sets off to work, so he can't sleep. Yeah, so he so he wakes up at six o'clock, mm. and then so yeah, he wakes up at six o'clock. Then shortly after, his grandmother wakes him up for breakfast. He has breakfast. Yeah, that's true. Like chores. Then he's got to go work, and then he ends up sleeping in the meeting. Yeah, that's the thing. Because like, that these people are like video game. QA testers, do you know what uh, yeah. a QA tester does for video games? Not really, no. Well, here's the thing, like, I actually watched, like, a documentary about video game testers to see what they actually do. It's 1996, it's, like, a Sega documentary, you can find it online. And the thing is, like, it's kind of, like, grueling work. It's not, like, fun, you get to play, like, video games all day. It's a proper game. Yeah. This film kind of treats it like that. That's what the mild conflict is, is that like, he's kind of tired. Like I was watching this documentary and one thing you notice about all these people, they're like a pretty diverse group. Like you had like women, people of all like different races, more or less kind of like the same age, like in their twenties, kind of chill, kind of like jockeyish types. And that's kind of like reflected in this film, but they all, all of them are tired. Yeah. Because their job is basically to break the game to find a bug. So if you mm -hmm. do something, you 
faith in a weird way, like you might play Sonic and you might go the wrong screen for like a good like 10 minutes and it might freeze. Yeah, this... And then you got to do it another 10 minutes and then you got to repeat would... it over and over again to prove that the bug is there. I would like to add that what Tommy just said there about the bugs and that is exactly what happens when Samantha says, oh yeah, this person's got to do this, that, and the third, this, these levels. Yeah, they get divided up. So they've got to do three levels each, pretty much, yeah. With a big game. And find all the bugs in the game. Huh? Yeah, so like with a big game, like apparently like Adam Sandler, like I heard rumors that he brought like his people into Activision to like interview people and in a really big game you would like divide all of the testers up amongst like different levels and have them like work like that. And um yeah. yeah. And, um, I don't know like I assume like they would like bring like someone like Samantha in like when it's crunch time for a project just to make sure it gets completed. Mm -hmm. From what I've gathered, some stuff's like realistic about like being a QA tester and some isn't, but it's kind of like it's a boring job. It's very repetitive. You couldn't like do all of that and like make cohesively make a film. <coughs> oh shit, man. Yeah, I'm okay. I just took a hit of CBD there, Denton. Oh, okay. Yeah, ma'am. So, what are you saying about like the levels being divided up? Um, so basically, <coughs> so basically, um, they they all do <coughs> all the game testers all have to complete three levels within a certain amount of duration of time. They've got to find all the bugs and uh, it's that's getting overseen like, by this. Huh? I was going to say that's like kind of like not like not realistic thing. Like one person couldn't just like find all the bugs. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. And I can't remember what else happens. All I know is Alex Alex goes to his grandma's house and lets her play the game. Yeah. Oh no, he's um lets her play. He's making his own game. Yeah, but that's that's like another that's later on in the film. He makes he makes his he's made his game for a few a few years, isn't it? Yeah. Like, um, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, at various points they have like point uh, reasons why he can't test the game at home. The obvious reason is that you can't test the game at home, but um, that's like another like minor thing. It keep coming up the reasons why his like his TV is occupied and he can't test the game at home and, and they watch him bloody projects. Yeah, and he's from a cable box. It's, yeah, they, they get a cable box that is illegal, and basically, um, all they watch on all his grandmother and his uh, mates watching it is stuff to do with antiques and that. So it's like our their equivalent of QVC. Yeah, shopping antiques roadshow, and it's I find it funny. Like, they do have an antiques roadshow as well. That's what it, it does come up. Yeah, 
as far as like protagonists of like stoner films go, he is Alex is pretty much like a nice guy. <laughs> like he doesn't kind of like do even his schemes. Like oh, I know what I'll do. I'll get my grandma free cable, or I know what I'll do. I'll treat them to like a day out at the Antiques Vogue show, what they love. He's not really like scheming, like even. Uh, yeah, he does that though. That last yeah. bit you said, the latter thing you said, yeah, he does that in order to 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 do some lead levels, and he gets them done. But that's letting one down in the the film. So um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like very like like I said, it's a very low con low conflict film, and I liked it a lot compared. Uh, like as an experience, it's much more mellow and I think more like stoner friendly, which I think so many more people like it. But like Pineapple Express, I said like very extremely stressful. This was this like I don't body high experience. <laughs> I see, yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, um, you, you talk about Samantha, but we keep like uh, like brushing over her. Like, obviously, he she is the main love interest to Alex, and yeah, but Alex, yeah. but Alex does say you can't, we can't be a thing until this thing's over, until we, uh, until I get this game done. Yeah, he's even like pretty much like nice. Like, there isn't, you'd think, like, because they bring in, like, a project manager and she's, like, you know, hashtag girl boss or whatever, then, like, oh, he's, like, the kind of cool, funny guy, maybe you'd get her to come out of her shell, but she's actually starts off cool and remains cool throughout the entire thing. Pretty much, yeah. Whereas yeah, JP, like, <laughs> whereas JP, the guy who makes all the games, huh? Yeah, he's, like, the big producer, like, head, his head of project. Yeah, he's oh, a bit of like, say. he's like a big kid as well, he's another big kid. They're, they're all big kids in their own way. Um, but JP but is definitely... I, 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 I laughed when he, as he came out living, walking around like he's in the Matrix. I, I've known so many people like that in my time. There's a bit where he's like trying to hide. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, the character is, uh, Funny, it's kind of like a Marley problematic because the character clearly does have a, some kind of like disorder or whatever. But like even like then, like the way that they treat him is not like they even like treat him as like his own person. Don't make him entirely unsympathetic. We can mm -hmm. talk about him later. But yeah. yeah he, um, even as like his flirting, Alex is flirting with Samantha. He's like comes off as pretty charming compared to JP, who obviously is a bit of a like John Wolf, who I only know from Bones. But he comes, he's you know he's a big jerk. He, he acts entitled. He thinks that everything like belongs to him. Yeah, exactly, including yes. women. Yeah, and he's like really like a self-conscious, which is like because of his the fact he's like supposedly like a genius child prodigy and he which would make you entitled if ever if you keep like getting like said all this like validation from everyone but you don't kind of like see like the rewards which i guess for him it is women <laughs> then he <laughs> gives him a bit of a complex yeah um i would like to say alex goes to dante's house to smoke mm -hmm. and then yeah, he goes he gets back his weed bum which is a 
sets up plot later on. Well, I say plot, it sets up events. Yeah, it does. And then he goes back to his grandmother's house. He makes munchies, but he burns himself in the process. And he doesn't even forget about it. The way they're setting up, I thought he's maybe going to set up a fire. He puts the weed. He, I know, this is yeah. one thing that I, I would yeah. like to add. He puts the, his weed in where the, the ashes of Sophie is. No, it's in, I think it's in an old tea caddy. It's Something like that. No, yeah. no, 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 because they get high. They get high later on in their film. Yeah, it's, it's in a tea thing. You get mistaken for tea. You wouldn't be like loitering around in your friend's fucking ashes for like and smoking whatever. Obviously not. You find in there, would you? Yeah. Yeah, but as I was saying, like they were, um, it's like they, the way they set up him, like uh, getting high and then making his food and the focusing on him cranking it all the way up. I thought like a virus, something was going to happen and that would introduce some peril because this is like an hour into the film and all that happens mm. is he just grabs it without any oven mitts. <laughs> mm. Nothing happened and I love it. And, like, and it's his grandma and there is, is her flatmates and housemates and are glued to the TV. Let's, yeah, let's, let's talk about them because they got like the... You got like uh, Shirley Jones, who's kind of like supposed to have uh, it's kind of like, you know the funny senile person. She's always doing goofy stuff. And yeah, she's always eating like, pills and shit. You know what I mean? She's yeah, always she needs like lots of pills to keep her kind of regular. Yeah. And um, Shirley Knight, who's basically you know kind of like a sassy elderly sex pot. Yeah. She's like the the youngest of the three. She does look good for her age, though. But anyways. Yeah, well, I think she's seventy-three when this was made. She was seventy-three. I think she was. I can't bother to do that. Wow. She's definitely yeah. She uh, she died last month. No, she she died back in April, I think. Oh, rest in peace, man. Yeah. And. She is, let me just make sure I've got the right one. Shirley Knight. Oh, sorry. Shirley Knight is the, the senile one. And Grace is the catchy one. Sorry. Yeah. Shirley Jones. Shirley Jones is still alive, but she's like the youngest of them. Which one is Shirley Jones? She's like the, the catchy, like a sex pop one. Oh, yeah, you know, great. You're like Golden Girl star one. Shirley Knight is the one who plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's still alive. It's live, yeah. I got like confused because I was looking at the Wikipedia page photos. I was like, yeah. oh, I just like looked for the one who was like a hot when they were young. I'm like, they, they both were. So. <laughs> like, they all, all of them were. So it was confusing. I don't know about the one that goes, oh, yeah, I want to eat your TV and that. <laughs> no, she was. The one that likes the pills, yeah. 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 She's like all like old like Broadway actresses and stuff and like old film and TV stuff. So. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. They, they're like long time like. And so. Okay. But, um, um, we had a point here, didn't we? 
<laughs> apart from the point that apparently want to fuck old ladies, but like. Uh, what? We're talking about the person that I'm kidding. But it's sort of kidding, but anyways. Like, these are like the basic like archetypes, and uh, and um, I know I think it's like nice that like it's kind of like weird that they have like the, their own house. They got like the friends, and they kind of stick with each other. It's kind of like even that's like a positive thing, like. There's no like homes and not even like remotely mentioned. They all like appear to be like very happy beforehand. Like, yeah, exactly. They're happy with them moving there. That's like it's 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 kind of nice. Like I, um, it's kind of sweet seeing them in the video in the film because like I don't know, man. Like not not in a sexual way, just like yeah, as old people, just like you know, just being as they are and just like being glued to the TV and. Doing certain things that old people do. Yeah, it's weird. Like, like obviously, like they do. Like, some weird stuff happens in this film. But oh, here's I've uh, got like one of the main, main like uh, supposed like plot threads that kind of wraps up. Is Alex is kind of like residually like embarrassed about like living with like three elderly women. So he tells all of his co-workers that he's living that he's having a freedom. Yeah. That he's having a freedom. They're like keeping me up late. Like, oh, they're giving me like a real hard time, blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah, and that's why he's being asleep all the time. That's why he's asleep yeah. all the time. Which is bollocks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he even like says this lie in front of like Samantha and stuff. But even then, when the like moment when it all comes out, it's still like kind of like blows over like oh it's all coming to her head now like she's gonna be like really upset when she finds out he's been lying like well obviously it's such a blatant lie i mean he's dumb co-workers that fall for it and yeah um, it's funny he even explains like they, they come drop by to give him his lunch and stuff that's it that's um that's another point i was gonna get at um so basically alice's grandma friends go to his work to bring him lunch yeah and that's when the bombshell hits home the bombshell it hits like a spud gun <laughs> it's just like boom it's just it's like not. he's not sleeping with old people he's not sleeping with old age pensioners he's sleeping he's he's actually chilling with them and staying at their house well he, do, he doesn't tell them that he doesn't tell his mates that they're like old age pensioners no like obviously not <laughs> yeah but even then like that that just blows over like it doesn't nothing like really comes of it. It's like, okay, I was lying. <laughs> he admits yeah. to it instantly because it's like more embarrassing to like let it carry on than it is to like uh than it is to just admit what was going on. They just I don't think everyone even really judges them for it. There's a bit where Dante's on TV. Oh yeah. He, he's, he's just kind of like a recurring character throughout the thing. Like, I keep escalating his situation. He's like his lion escapes. He brings in like some kind of a bushman to procure him a monkey. He teaches the monkey karate. He keeps bringing yeah. in more and more weird ethnic stereotypes in with him. <laughs> more and more animals to come with it. He's like, I'm more and more weird. He's like sphere. It's like almost like separate from the events of the film. Yeah. He should have his own film, you know. Well, he should have. 
Do you know who did? They brought back the guy who plays the Bushman. He uh, he like a becomes a recurring character in Adam Sandler's films. I want to bring up his name because he's a uh, Doctor Shakula. Doctor Shakula. So I know I'm calling him a Bushman, but he's got a degree. So his name is Abdullah. It is Abdullah Nogom. Thank you for that. Yeah. You're welcome. But like um, African names are like once once you just take the time, <laughs> they're not that hard. It's like okay, all everything's there. It's not hard. But yeah. You have to break it down in phonetics, like I've noticed, especially yeah. with Gossa, the the the, the, the Gossa. You know? <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Like I keep going on about how there's no conflict, and I think the reason I was pleasantly surprised by this is, you know, when they introduced the boss, and I have to say, like, for a film where nothing happened, I feel this was the greatest reveal ever. The boss, uh, Dr. Simon Sheasel, played by Kevin Nealon. They show him doing the sideways, like just doing the yoga in his room, side on. He's full on attack. I mean, they all are, they're all nerds from the top to the bottom. He's like, I dreamt, he's like, I dreamt as a dog. Yeah. yeah. Going into the ocean and merging with a dolphin. I'm like, what the fuck is this? There's a spoof of like a very specific type of. CEO who's like well into spirituality. Yeah, also, that's you also see that in Silicon Valley, like that type of person. But Dr. Simon Cheezel, like oh, Mr. Simon Cheezel, he's more like he's not even I assume he's a bad guy because of this reveal. It's when he turns on and you see his horrific fucking soul patch. I like I was like whooping and like, what the hell is that facial hair? Like because he slides on, you don't see it. He turns around slowly. I was like, oh my God. I was like, what is this? So, so cheesy, but he, so cheesy from Cheezel. But I tell you, oh, it, he's, he's actually from the show Weeds, but. Uh, I've not even seen Weeds. Apparently it was really good, you know. We, we might take a look at it on the show. We might look onto the TV series at some point. Yeah, it went on for quite a while. I know that for a fact. I know that because, like, uh, yeah, yeah. Might just like dip into a season. So, um, Alex's yeah, grandma. Yeah, go on. What was you gonna say? No, was, you can carry on. I was just gonna go on about the soul patch because I could talk about it for a long while. It was shot from the pole. So, Alex's grandmother finds Alex's weeds. And they all get high. Yeah, this is while they are all out of the house because they actually finished the project on time. And, and they um, go they, to the restaurant, they go to a vegetarian restaurant. Yeah, where this is like Kevin, 2006, like vegan restaurant. Where yeah, yeah. nowadays, like I'm a vegan myself and the, the food's like pretty good and you can eat pretty well. This is back when they dehydrated a bunch of beans, stuck it on a rice cake. <laughs> and cold it today. And having shots of wheatgrass in there. Wheatgrass. David Spade, you're going to mention him. <laughs> he uh, plays the waiter, doesn't he? Yeah. He's in a lot of films. 
even though they're vegan, I thought that's one of the funniest parts of the film when they're just like ripping each other. Yeah, and they just leave. They they end up leaving the restaurant. Yeah, they have to, to go they somewhere have to else. They what go. What David Spade to say? What does David Spade to like uh, try and get the last word on them? <clears throat> he says, "Go eat a hamburger and choke on a cow stick." Oh yeah. Yeah, he gets really pissed off, and he starts yeah. saying it. everything that he says is to do with meat. He, he starts off like he's very like kind of like laid back and like oh everyone's and he just gets more and more agitated as the theme goes on <laughs> it's funny he like really tries to be like accommodating to them as well. <laughs> i think one of them i think one of uh, alex's friends wants to go shit so he's like oh yeah can we go to your grandmother's house and he's like no 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 but like, then they end up going there and yeah. they're high, like they're all high and that, like his grandmother and that. So they end up having a party. As well, yeah. They end up having a party and then like outside on the porch is Dante. And says, he says, oh yeah, this is weed. Is like Frank is, it makes you like Frankenstein. Yeah, he always has like the different type of weed and they say this will make you do this. Is that. Yeah. Can, like talk about this party because it's kind of weird, like, um, the, because the supposed like climax of this film is like the big video game duel at the end, but like I feel like this is like party scene is like the most important part of the thing. It is. It's like it's when it's just Jeff, like, it's like if it's like when Jeff loses his virginity, whereas the guy that's played by um, Jonah Hill. Yeah. He um sucks sucks the that breast <laughs> for so long. Yeah, like for throughout the the night until the next day. But like, it's a, it's a really the party scene is like really like uh, long, and you get uh Linda, um, some some of the character's name. She gets like drunk and like. Uh, and she starts yeah. singing. She starts singing um, push it. Yeah, I mean, that alone, like, uh, gets me a high rating for that film. Like, I thought that was awesome. You know, it's fucking, like, Lindsay Weir getting, like, drunk, <laughs> getting wasted, dancing around to, like... She pumps out. She falls, she passes out yeah. from um, singing, after singing. But, yeah, I think the party, like, is the film is just literally just about, like, people, like, hanging out, really. And, like... Yeah. You know, I mentioned like uh, how a video game test is a hard job. Especially like, in a break room, especially in a break room in yeah. Brain Nation. I've like heard about that, like apparently like in some, at least for a while, I don't know what the status now because the industry keeps changing. Apparently the uh, video game filled like break rooms are, are real. And they, you know, they have all the posters and the customized spaces and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But like even like a, in that documentary, they're like talking about like they all seem to like like the people. That's the one thing they they talk about how hard the work is. But like seem to like all of the people there. Mm -hmm. But now like I'll, I'll talk about this later. Like the, the you know some, <laughs> some parts of the industry is like able to be like less like happy and nice than like what appears in Vanless Boy. But you know, at the point I'm pointing at is it's a hangout film. Like 
And I feel like that party is like the most important part for just bringing in as many characters, like everyone, like. Getting I think you forgot. I think you forgot saying um, where um, they prank call. They prank call yeah. JP. Oh, they skin, they prank call JP and they give him a voicemail. Yeah, that's like um, that's oh, that's so late into the film, like. That's what I know, but that's in the party. That's why they're in the party. Yeah, but yeah, and he hears it like afterwards because he's like still like cranking. Sorry, he's still like working hard on the, on the game. Yeah. They call him and he like freaks out because you know he he likes the man for. He listens to the voicemail, and then he goes to Alice's house, and he literally yeah, this is, like a bit after that. Yeah, yeah. He tells he tells all yeah. and he starts crying. Then Alex yeah, tells the thing, like, but you that, I was like saying, okay, he is angry. He's gonna confront them. He's gonna find out about some them getting together. But even then, like <laughs> that's another like uh, swerve. Like he does. Like you think he's gonna say something. He ends up like crying, <laughs> and he, he's like kind of sympathetic. Like. Yeah, I mean... He isn't, like, angry. He's just, like, his feelings are hurt. And even, like, the way Alex handles it, he's, like... And then JP notices that Alex well, seems... Gonna, more... Alex gonna, like, is... talk a bit more about this. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, go on, sorry, man. Um, I was going to talk about how Alex is, like, a pretty, like, um, sympathetic, because he, he's always doing, like, that robot voice, which is, like, possibly, like, a sign of, like, some kind of, like, spectrum behaviour or... He like mentions that it's, and it's like, like it's really not helping you. Like, yeah, and he says, I do it because I'm nervous, <laughs> which is mm. you know, fine. And even Alex says, like, Okay, we'll try and introduce you into the group. Like, he's not even like that. That's how chill he is. Like, they're not even like really like enemies apart from JP's habit of stealing ideas from people, which he does, I. Before, and you're going to mention again now. I.e., like, so he stores ideas. I.e., Alex is a game that he's been working on for the past couple of years. A real game, apparently, that never got released. That's where the gold yeah. So Yeah. Yeah. Clive Barker franchise. Which... Okay. Yeah. It's called Demonic, the game is. Yeah. With a and I know. Because it's extreme. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um,. It likes the gameplay and overall, like, just the work of it. He says, oh, yeah, I'm going to look at it, see what happens, and that. then the next day... Put the word in. He puts the... He, he goes into the office, and JP's like, oh, I've got this new game. Shows the game, and he makes it out that it's his game. Then, like, Alex literally flips out because he just couldn't, can't take it anymore. Mm. And then the boss... Tells him you've got to go home, sort of thing. Mm. But what he does, he does the smart thing. When he drops in peril, he decides to get really, really fucking high as Dante. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> That's when that the monkey's there yes. and attacks Lee Hung. The trailer really makes you think you're getting a different film because that's so like late in the film when he's like stoned and playing video games with the monkey. Yeah. I like I thought like the way I was told about the film, looking at the trailer, I was expecting like, oh, the game tester thing is like an excuse job. 
room to be able to snack around like how um in pineapple express he's like a process server and the way they treat it is like a job you can just slack and smoke slack off and smoke weed at when actually you'd have borderline have to have the skills of a private eye and while this is happening no one knows where alice is so samantha goes to his grandmother's house to see where he is and they talk they talk briefly and his grandmother says, oh, yeah, I was playing the game, and but I had problems beating this, these people. Yeah. So Samantha gets the grandmother and her friends to go to the workplace as proof, as an alibi, basically. Not an alibi, as evidence. Well, as yeah, evidence that, that yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry, as evidence, yeah, as evidence, as proof. It's, it's like very complicated, like, you should just post it to yourself. Everyone, if you listen to this, you want some free legal advice, if you want to copyright something, you post it to yourself. Also, make sure you have a copy for yourself, man. Back, <laughs> that, that oh, I need not have a copy. Like, he's working on a massive project, like, that's like way too much work on a video game to make by See? yourself. You'd make at least one copy, especially if you're by yourself and you don't have loads of bug testers, like the yeah. And so JP has this duel with Lily, which is the grandma, yeah. and Lily comes out on top. Yeah, which is, you know, very like thin evidence that, um, you know, the game existed before JP had his mitts on it. I don't, yeah. know why, I don't know why Lily had to, oh, she, she does like some kind of like cheat code thing, which pr proves it. Okay, we've, we've recapped the entire thing. Literally, so when you watch the film, you're going to be like, they fucked it up for us, man. No, because we've mentioned this extremely poorly, and like I said, I don't know if you can really have spoilers in a thing where um, there's no real plot, there's just like lines and moments and like, you know, good times. Yeah, I'm the plot guy anyway, so, you know. You want to, like, uh, okay, yeah. You, let's go on to the next bit. Does it belong in the Get Hyterion collection? You know what? First of I all, think it, is it a stoner film? Is it a stoner film? Yes, it is. I say it is. It's a bit weird. It's not like, it's more like a, like a gruesome, a loose group of, like, friends rather than any specific, like, uh, protagonist apart from... Alex, but I think the weed reference. Yeah, think there's the lots weed, of weed references. There's lots of weed references, but they're all spaced out in the movie. They're all spaced out in the movie. It's not like it's not like um, it's not like some uh, film like How High where it's everywhere. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, but look, the party exists because all of the old ladies get high, and it's hilarious. And yeah. I think that's enough to make it a stoner film. If, if, an, if an old person like smokes weed in your film, it's automatically a stoner film, I've decided. <laughs> no, they accidentally do it by accident. Well, yeah. yeah. You know, Big like, they, they're not even worried about the fact that they accidentally did a bunch of weed. They're very chill. Everyone's so chill in this film. I think that's what makes it a stoner film, the fact they smoke weed, but so they're also fucking chill. Is it so big up, So big up all the old people that was getting high in the film and that, yeah. Is it like, um, is it a good film? Do is I think it's a good film? Yeah. Um, yeah, 
I do think it's a good film. I think it's good too. Like, it's not like, I don't know whether like my taste is changing and stuff, but I think there's a point when I would have like not liked this film. But I don't know, it just seems like everyone seems to be having like so much fun. Like they, they asked people who like about the film like later on mentioned all having like a great time and set. They appear to be having fun. Like it's funny, there's this whole thing about like Adam Sandler's new films about um, like grown-ups and grown-ups too, about how they're just excuses for him to go on vacation and hang out with his friends. But like, kind of see like, even back then, like, you know, even just his films were like kind of excuses for his friends to hang out. And yeah. I think this one is like an example of that actually not at all being a bad thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, does it belong in? The Get Hyterian Collection. Hmm. Oh, social, uh, social and uh, cultural like relevance. Uh, I could go for like the easy point here. The easiest point here is like you know the message about like valuing older people, your relatives, your elders. Make sure you back your shit up. <laughs> that is definitely a good advice, and um, I'm gonna say like. Um, it's also like a more like utopian like idea of what like the games industry could be because despite the fact they set up that people are like, you know, virgins like, and, but they're all like soup and they're all male in this, like they're all male, there's very few women apart from- Predominantly, predominantly male. Yeah, but there's like, yeah, she's brought in as the boss. There is no fucking conflict about it. No one's like, trying to like alpha her or whatever, or trying to shut down her ideas out of insecurity or anything. Like they care more about the games than the women, basically. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a subtext of them like uh, being like, oh, like schoolboy crushing her and that's why they're like, just go along with whatever they say, but also yeah. like good as well. And they respect that. Even like JP doesn't, who was like very arrogant, like doesn't, he sexually harasses her, which is bad, but, kind of respects her authority and brings the ideas to her rather than like mm. anyone else. And if you look at like currently in the video game industry, there's all these like really bad cases of like sexual harassment and stuff. And yeah. like bullying and crunch time and like people just like not being respected, especially like I can't imagine it's like that good for testers because if you've played like video games lately, they get cranked out with um I use the word crank so much, but like um, the latest WWE game brought out full of fucking bugs. Fallout 76, 76 full of fucking bugs. But, um, you know, I like that it's kind of like more like respectful. Even like, despite like the main thing of him like seducing Samantha is getting her drunk and stoned at a party. He's like a proper gentleman, isn't he? He just takes her back. He doesn't like try and sleep with her then, and even then, like he just has like a little like kiss when they come back, like the morning after. It's like, oh my god. Yeah, the next day he takes her back to hers, and like she ends up kissing him because he tries to get his keys. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, you know what? Who is the cultural significance? It's good vibes. We need more, more films which are just like, you know, good vibes. Yeah. Friends being friends. So it's going into the Criterion Collection. 
Mm -hmm. so, sorry, the Get Hyterion collection. I should really wrap, keep like a lid on that. This is the, the Get Hyterion collection. It's my idea. It's not as comparable to the Quiterion collection. It's an entirely different thing. But we're going to put it into the Get Hyterion collection. And if it doesn't work, we're going to take it back out. We're going to blow in it. And then we're going to put it back in again. Basically. No, that's it. That's Grandma's boy. Um, okay. Um, leftover things to talk about. I just want to talk about how um, Fred Willard, a lot of comedy legends have died. Jerry Stiller, who's like just great at playing perpetual frustration. That's it. It's a shame to see him go. But also like Fred Willard, who does perpetual cluelessness so well. <laughs> and he appeared in the first film that reviewed Harold and Kumar. Yeah. And, so and he also so appears in How High as well. How High. So he fucks with each other. Yeah, man. Yeah. But RIP to the legend. He, like, he's just, like, in so many, like, great films, Spinal Tap, for one. And he's just great at playing the guy who, like, just quite doesn't get it. Mm -hmm. Bounces off of all these people. And um, let me see, what else? Uh, you working on anything at the moment? Um, just slowly working on stuff, yeah. I'm just not, uh, to be honest, like, I'm just letting it come to me. I'm not trying to force anything. So, yeah, I'm just taking it easy. I said it, uh, the way things are, I'm not producing any, I'm not like going to make any like new recordings and stuff until I'm back into like the rehearsal space with my band. I've been working on some things. I've been working on like no input mixing, which is kind of like a weird art form. Okay. And I've been working on uh, just experimenting, experimenting with new ideas, trying to get some stuff up. Cool. Okay. Uh, so this is the Get Hyterion collection not the Criterion collection. I might go back and like edit it every time I mention it, but we are. <laughs> well, we, would, we might leave this, we might just leave this in raw like, you know. Maybe. So anyway, we are anywhere that you can find podcasts. I think we are on iTunes. If you want to hit us up on email, it's t-h-e-g-h-c-p-o-d at gmail.com. We are on Instagram at the Get Hyterion Collection. We are on Twitter. I've not been too active on that, but that's also T-H-E-G-H-C-P-O-D. I am on Twitter at, at TommySBS. You are on Twitter as... O-T-E-K-N-O-L-O-G-Y. Okay, cool. Um, 